Hello, my name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are reading Partners in Crime. Over the last two years, we have gone on 45 book-based adventures. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips, and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. Testing, testing. Oh, wait, no, no, it's gone back to one, two, down. three. Yeah. Whoa! Why does it? Okay, I'm testing, testing. What one, about two, now? <laughs> what about now? I would now? say that's still. Oh. Right, right it's all very civilized, isn't it? All a bit good. We've got it down, you all. <laughs> We've got a lovely glass of champagne. Ooh. We're sitting in the privy. Yeah, cheers. We've had a lovely meal. Had a nice meal. Delicious meal, thank you very much. You're welcome. Delightful. This is how to podcast. This is how, this is how you podcast. Ooh. Yeah, maybe we should do more champagne um, Champagne recordings. <laughs> champagne recording, champagne, champagne lifestyle. Yeah, yes, definitely. Um, do we have any MB? Or, or MB, we... I've got some... Not big MB, I've got a little bit of MB. Mini. A mini MB, yes. So, I read Magpie Murders by Anthony Anthony Horowitz, who we saw speaking at the International Agatha Christie Festival. I remember. And we thought he we were quite taken by he's him. He's quite charming, I think. He gives off charming vibes. He does give off charming vibes. He knows vibes. what he's doing. He knows how to win an audience, does Anthony? <laughs> he does, he does. <laughs> and Magpie Murders has been hyped. By me? By everyone. everyone. Is it a red book? Yes, it's got quite a distinctive cover that is red and black. I think I have read it years yeah. ago. And it's a book within a book. Yes. So it's a copy editor yeah. reading the manuscript of a murder mystery yeah. writer who is killed. The murder mystery writer yeah. is killed. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so you read it. Were you reading it for a specific occasion, a specific reason? I no, I think I just saw it. I think there was a deal on it. I thought, do you know what? I'll give deal. it I'll give it a read. Who doesn't love a bargain? Who <laughs> doesn't love a bargain? And I, I thought it was good, but mm. perhaps not as good as the hype suggests. Okay. The other thing was, while I was reading it, I remember you saying... Oh, no. ...that you figured it out. You yes. were like, oh, I figured it out. I knew what was going on. Yeah. And I couldn't work out. Do you want to tell me what it was that you figured out? So I figured it out, and I think this is the same book. So if, if this sounds completely off <laughs> to you, then we're talking about different, different okay, books. Okay, yeah, that's So fine. I figured it out because when I was reading it, there's a bit where, at least in the book that I read, um, somebody is driving someone else somewhere, and it's the place where they're driving them to is the place where the murder happened. 
yes. and they talk about the traffic or something to do with yes yeah like, the the, the roadworks yeah and I I at the time went well he wouldn't know that because he's not been here before <gasps> oh incredible yeah no I didn't so get from that. then on and that's like halfway through from then on I was like well I already know where this is going so I spent the rest of the book loving it because I knew what was coming and was obviously exceptionally smug at the end when it was um, but it was one of the very first that's legitimate smugness I was legit smug and it was one of the very first murder mysteries I ever that I ever did that with really yeah what whoa. That is an angry cat outside. Was that what that was? Yeah. It's not like a kind of balloon hissing. <laughs> it's like a cat going, Wah! Yeah. He was so surprised by my murder mystery <laughs> new. Um, but I, I do think it was exceptionally good <laughs> from me. That's amazing. No, I yeah. didn't get that at all. And I know mm. exactly what you're referring to. So I've obviously kept it in the vault. Because yeah. I'm so pleased. It's like the detail is still there. It's logged in. It's logged in. I mean, I did think there was... There were a lot of fun Easter eggs in there, mm. if you're a Christie fan. And I did like, there was a bit about sort of whodunits. So whodunits are all about truth, nothing more, no, nothing less. In a world full of uncertainties, is it not inherently satisfying to come to the last page with every I dotted and every T crossed? It's like, really it is, probably isn't is. it? Yeah, yeah. It really is. That's Legit. why we're here. <laughs> exactly the that's the fundamental reason for this podcast thank you anthony i had one big issue with it a gripe a gripe if you will i will the murder mystery author is very successful but he hates writing murder mystery so he wants to be taken seriously as a novelist so he sort of weaves his dislike of the genre into the book so that his key detective, who's called Atticus Pund, <laughs> it turns out that's actually an anagram of stupid C oh, word. No, I forgot about that. And that upset me. <laughs> that upset you me greatly. You aren't a cursor either, I don't think. I'm not a cursor. Mm. And I just thought, I suppose that was the point, that it was mm. showing that he was quite a... <laughs> distasteful horrible character yeah and it was talking about how let down his fans were but i felt let down you as felt well. let down i would say that he's not read the room in that that's not your vibe <laughs> uh the book within a book thing i thought was okay but it wound me up a bit actually because i was like oh actually i just want to have closure book. Yeah. on either <laughs> the book that this mystery writer's written yeah or the frame. This book. book. This yeah, yeah. book. Yeah. One of the two books. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it also suffered because as soon as I read, okay, it's a mystery writer yeah. who gets killed, guess what I thought of? Mm. Which is incredible, which we both enjoyed very much. A mystery a writer film. who gets killed. Oh, um, Knives Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just thought of Knives Out and then <laughs> I think that was to the detriment of the mm. book. That's so. out. The second film's out this year. The sequel. What do you mean there's a sequel? There's a sequel coming out. <gasps> Stars of the Cars. Even more than the first one. Really? Who's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Uh, the only one I can remember is Kate Hudson, which I don't think gives off the biggest Stars of the Cast vibes ever. Yeah, she's, she's a big she's, name. Yeah, she's pretty big. Name. Some of the people from the first one. Is Daniel Craig back in it? He's back in it. I didn't know this. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a great. That is a great mystery business. Oh, great! Well, I didn't know you didn't know. Which no, is, I, I no idea. I brought this to the table much earlier. Is it going to be the same family? Do you think? I'll tell you what I know, and by what I know, I mean what Wikipedia will tell me. Hold on. 
while while you're doing that, something I didn't know Sorry, from yeah, Magpie Murders that it pointed out is that Rebus and Morse are both types of code. Like Morse, Morse code. code, apparently Rebus code is a code. About Rebus? And obviously they're detectives. Blimey. 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 <laughs> right, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Knives Out 2 is an upcoming American yes. r- film written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Blah, blah, blah. Daniel Craig reprises his role as Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Excellent. A master detective taking on a new murder case. The film features an ensemble cast consisting of Dave Bauti- Bautista, don't know him, Edward Norton, mm. Janelle mm. Monet, love. I don't know oh. who that is. She's a, uh, she's a singer, she's a very famous singer, but she's all, she was also in Hidden Figures, which is fantastic. Yes, that is a great film. If you yeah. haven't seen it, check, check it out. out. <laughs> uh, Catherine Hahn. Yes. She was um, in Grey's Anatomy. And, and many other things. Obviously, it's Hunt, uh, one thing. Uh, uh, WandaVision. Yes, she's in yep. that. Leslie Odom Jr. He's uh, he was in the original cast of Hamilton on Broadway. Okay. Uh, Kate Hudson, Madeline Klein, don't know who that is. Jessica Henwick, and Ethan Hawke. Oh, Ethan Hawke. Okay. Yeah. Comes that could out be a late, star-studded. Late twenty twenty two. Late twenty twenty two. It could be a Christmas film. Could be a Christmas film. Release. Hold on. It says it here. Oh, it just says late 2022 again. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I realise a big reveal for you. I, I already knew that, but um, please, that I provided that that joy. Um, just to respond to the Anthony Horowitz, unless you've got any more, any any more. For oh no, I'm just I'm just scanning. So apparently, I did quite a lot of highlights. I would add in that I read it when I was ill, so I think my sleeping abilities <laughs> were diminished and probably a little bit sadder. Because you were yeah. feeling poorly. And yeah, poorly. and I was like, I just want, I just want the thrill of solving a mystery. So maybe that was part of my mm. irritation. I did actually um, read another Anthony Horowitz while I was on my holiday. Yeah. Called A Line to Kill. Another unusual one. In the, obviously, this is unusual in that it was a book within a book. Yeah. Um, this one, Anthony Horowitz features as himself. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. So he's in it alongside. His like ex CID detective friend, who they ch- team up to solve, and then Anthony Horowitz writes about the crime. So he's writing it retrospectively. Right. So did they actually solve the crime? No, that's no. fabricated. It's fabricated. Yeah. What about the CID all, friend? It all happens on um, one of the Isles of Silly. Does it? Alderney. I don't know if I've been or to that. One. I could I have be a made been up to one, the I'm Isles of sure. Silly, uh, and it's all around uh, an international literary festival that he's invited to. Uh, it is quite fun. It's a fun holiday read. Yeah, so he's doing a lot of this sort of knowing mm-hmm. fiction yeah. in the publishing world, yes. literary world. And also in that book, he references the fact that lots of people think it's less like highbrow or less respectable to write crime, but then says like crime fiction is actually the biggest seller of all. It's yeah. the most best-selling genre. So yeah, yeah, it comes up there as well. Yeah, there's been, I think there's been a lot of engagement with mm. that, hasn't there, about like the role of of crime, of crime fiction, the role of crime, the role of crime. I mean, the only other thing was the um, uh, editor in it lives in Crouch End, which is nearby. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> So, today we are talking about The Franchise Affair by Josephine Tay. Yes, we are. And Maddie, this was your choice. Yes, it was. 
So why did you choose this book? This was one of the um, doubles, the double picks that Mike purchased at Murder and Mayhem in Hay on Wye on his lad's weekend. <laughs> and I think we had a few options amongst the doubles and this was one that you had not read and I wanted it to be one that we could explore together for the first time because there was this one with Josephine Tay and we also had Daughter of Time, Josephine Tay, which you'd read before, I think, with your other book club. I had read before. Yeah, with your rival book club. <laughs> and then I think there was two others. One of them we only had one copy of. This one, well, I went with this one. I forget why. <laughs> That's it. Okay, great. Yeah. So, shall I do a summary? <laughs> yes, a summary. So what summary. is the franchise affair all about? So I'm going to attempt to do this sans blurb. Because <laughs> this is hot off the press. I've just finished it on the tube. Hot off the press. So you yeah. should be should snappy. Be in the palm of my hand. Yeah. So, uh, so Robert Blair is the main character. He's a lawyer from Blair Bennett and some other name. Blair Bennett and... Something with H, Hawk or Hawk something, something like that. Yeah, uh, uh, a... I'll find out. Well, well, Haywood. Haywood. Blair Haywood and Bennett. There you go. Um, and he is phoned up out of the blue by a lady called Marion, who lives at the franchise, and hence the franchise affair. And she is very distressed because Scotland Yard are at her house, and she sounds by all um, intents and purposes to live in a very lovely but very remote house mm. and her and her mother live there and they've been accused of kidnapping and beating this young woman and they claim not that they haven't obviously um and when it all kind of comes together the, the scotland yard ask this young girl questions she's very specific and she provides quite a lot of detail as to how she, where she was held captive, what the home looks like, items that they have in the home. Mm. And she's adamant that she's been there for four weeks. I think she's 16. So her guardians wonder where she's gone. And it's all a very grisly affair. It's very odd. It is odd. It? It's, it's very odd. odd. And she accuses them of, of holding her captive in that time, that, but that she manages to escape. And that's why she goes to the police. Yeah. That's why. And that's a very comprehensive summary. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, what did you think? Mixed. Yeah. Another mixed. I feel like I've said mixed a few times recently. Mm. There were things I really liked about it. I would. I think we should first, however, address the elephant in the room. It's not a murder mystery. No one dies in this. <laughs> <laughs> Fundamentally, I've done a separation. We've got. We've got a separation part two right here because this is not a murder mystery. <laughs> there's a mystery, but there's no murder. That is true. It's, it's, not... a, it's a mystery beating. That's what's happening in this book. <laughs> Which isn't what we, what we signed up for. <laughs> so, I don't know if you clocked that. <laughs> but then... Do you know the reason why I'm laughing so much? It's because I did not genuinely... That wasn't going to be a comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? There is no so murder in it. Over there. there is no murder. There's no murder in it. That's, no. The, whole, that's the whole thing. She gets beaten. And held ca- ca- captive. Held captive, In yeah. her story. It is a mystery, though. It is a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. No murder. And fundamentally, that's what we signed up for. So <laughs> I was a bit I was a bit put out. And, I, and the last, in the last, like, literally three pages, I was expecting, like, still, until the, until the very end, expecting a death. Really? So, oh, so just okay. like, come on. Come on, Josephine. Um, so, yeah, that's... I thought I'd get that out of the way. There were things that I liked about it. 
I thought it was very well written. Like her style, I really like her style. I like her mm. style. And it very much gripped me. I read it in like a couple of days. I was kind of quite gripped by it. I was gripped by it. And there are some strong female characters in it. Yeah, um, agreed. Particularly Marion. Marion and her mother, um, who are kind of adamant that they live their life the way that they want to. Um, and at the end of the book, um, Robert Blair, who is the main character, who is their lawyer, um, proposes to her. She basically says, like, no, I'm, I live my own life, actually, and I don't want to be at your behest. I don't want to be your wife. She's like, I'm um, going to Canada. I'm going to Canada. See Screw this. And he's like, I would also come to Canada. Yeah, he does <laughs> sort of stalk her. Annoyed me. Yeah. But... So I did, yeah, I like that there were some strong female characters in it. Also, Aunt Lynn, she's not like a super strong female character, but she's definitely a warm presence. Mm. So did enjoy. There's also a kind of a, quite a pleasing uh, camaraderie between um, this group of men who seem to some reason hang around near where he lives. I don't really understand what Stanley et al. Why uh, he's always hanging out with the mechanics, but he some, some, for some reason seems to be. I think it's just that Stanley is local, yeah, local mechanic right. who just sort of gets swept up in it. He does, and and thinks that the Marion and her mother are being unfairly judged yeah. by the village, and he sort of takes it upon himself yeah. to go and. Look after, Look after them, them, really, yeah. So I did like that. I thought they were like a, a sort of very sweet, well-meaning bunch of old-timey lads, which I quite liked. Yeah. Um, and he like goes to the the races and puts on a, a flutter for them, and then gives them gives them the winnings because they're obviously got no money because they're being taken to court. So like, that's quite like wholesome and charming. Yeah, but he only gives her a tenth. He only gives her a tenth. A tenth? Yeah. When it's her tip that her wins tip. him big. Yeah, yeah, true that. True that. He could have given them true that. a lot yeah. more. A lot more. Um, so I did like that. And I, I also would say, like in terms of like a mystery, I was baffled. Yeah, I was baffled as I was, to why... I don't understand why. Betty Kane, the girl, would make the accusation. Yeah. That was strange. That was strange. So in that sense, I was definitely kept guessing. I'll move on to what I didn't like. Mm. I would say, firstly, I, I don't feel like that mystery is resolved. Because what she ultimately says is she goes and picks up some guy. In a bar. In a bar. She's 15, I think, at the time. Yeah. And she picks him up. It's sort of implied that she then goes and has like a kind of, <laughs> essentially like a sexy weekend with him. Yeah. He pretends that she's his wife. And so they go to they Copenhagen. They can go to Copenhagen together. Love Copenhagen. Great choice. I've never been. And they also did like, they threw in a, threw in a reference to Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, they did. Love yeah, that. got to. Got to. If you're going to go to Copenhagen, <laughs> got to. Um, and then they, and then she comes back and is so, she was essentially so disappointed and bored by the concept of going home that she makes all of this up, having seen the view of the franchise over a wall on a bus. And just yeah. makes it all up so that she doesn't have to go back to her real life, which I don't feel is enough justification to essentially ruin these women's lives. So that was quite odd, I thought. I didn't really feel like yeah. I ever got closure on that mystery question. That was odd. And also, as well, that it turns out that um, Betty Kane, the girl who is making this accusation, mm. she has been beaten up, yeah. but she gets beaten by the man's wife yeah 
who goes in and finds her in a negligee yeah. eating chocolate. Eating chocolates on on the bed. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it right. But then the the wife. I mean, it's terrifying. She yeah. just sort of goes after her and just beats her yeah. until she's lying on the floor. Yeah, and she is like pretty. It's pretty brutal. Graphic. It's, pretty, it's really brutal. brutal. Yeah. So I didn't like that. And I also, the thing that I kept coming back to, separate from the fact that, because actually you don't find out that that's what's happened until quite near the end. Yeah. Quite, quite right. In a court as it, as scene. It's a mystery, yeah. court scene. Do quite like a court scene. Yeah. But the thing that kept bothering me throughout the book was that it just felt like it was constantly living up to the, the, the tribe? Is that the right word? The troop? Tripe? Tripe. tripe. Not tripe, that's a fish. <laughs> tripe. But, tripe is like intestines of an animal oh. that you can eat. Trout. The tripe trope. The tripe trope. <laughs> that mm. innocent girl, innocent young girl with this like really sort of full lips is like a kind of temptress and she like it's it's that kind of classic thing of like, oh women are either like princesses or sluts. Yes. And she moves from one to the other because she's she gives off the impression of being like butter wouldn't melt, which is the phrase they use. Butter wouldn't melt, so she can't possibly have made all this stuff up mm. to she's a, a slut who would make all this stuff up just to like ruin people and it just felt a bit disappointing that it was yeah. like all about finger pointing and mistrusting female accounts which ultimately yes. still leads to female violence like domestic violence against women so i found that a bit really difficult to get over Mm, I, I agree. Don't, I, don't what, I don't know. That's a smattering of my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But quite. Yeah, I agree with the smattering. Okay. There, and I think it was also there was a lot in this book about class. Mm. It was about expectations of class. So there was this sense of judgment against Betty Kane mm-hmm. because she is of a lower class. Yeah to the sharps who are being accused so i had a problem with that that there was an assumption that she must be lying yeah so they didn't believe her robert robert assumes he, immediately that they assumes immediately yeah, without no doing grounds, any due diligence at no, all no due diligence but for him it's enough that he goes to visit the sharps they're in a big grand old house mm-hmm. he falls immediately for Marion Sharp yeah. for reasons that are not made clear there's also why is he even involved he just know. decides to get involved even though it's not his speciality no he's like a kind of contract type lawyer yeah. and he's yeah. like yeah I'll get involved not only will he get involved he'll also do some private detective at one point he I think he even says that he's turned private detective yeah he can't just casually do that no he very much reminded me of the man in the Georgette higher yes. book who just got involved for no apparent reason but at least i suppose with him it was his family yeah um so i found the prejudice and the stereotype stereotyping on both sides quite depressing mm. Um, it once again supported all my fears about people who live in the country. <laughs> who live in the countryside. I read this and I thought this is not going to do good. Um, <laughs> and in the, the village turned on the sharps immediately. Yeah. They left very offensive graffiti saying that they were fascists, which didn't have any, any basis, basis whatsoever. Yeah. And then there was really odd. They were throwing 
bricks through yeah. with messages. <laughs> and one of the messages was, this is only a sample. <laughs> which I thought... It doesn't really feel that threatening to use the word sample. <laughs> it sounds Just like... Just smattering for you. Yeah. That is odd, you're yeah, right. Yeah, of what is to come. <laughs> Robert, the amateur sleuth at the centre of it all, deeply unlikable. Yeah. I found it very troubling how Robert, Marion and Neville, who is this sort of other useless young lawyer in the firm, were talking about how they're fantasising about torturing Betty Kane for telling this lie. And that there was... There's a lot of... I I suppose it was expressed through Robert's thinking, but just attitudes towards women quite depressing so here you know without the usual preliminary twitterings that robert had come to expect from women and oh girls who have no particular bent fall easily into matrimony that they're just throwing out all of these ideas but then when was it published that's what i was interested in i got sort of 50s feel first published in the fourth in 1948 48, yeah. Yeah, so I suppose... It is of a time. In, definitely in the same of a time, But equally, yeah. what I find a bit... I think we, in some ways, the more we do this journey, if you will, <laughs> the longer Sleeping we go down journey. this path together. Yeah. Um, in some ways, it, it does earlier... It, it does... No, I'll start again. It does the ones that we discover later a bit of a disservice because... Well, not a disservice, but we judge them more harshly because... Christiana Brown is writing around a similar time, and I don't feel that she exhibits some of the same attitudes about agreed. women. Agreed, yeah, agreed. She does definitely display some attitudes about women that we know are of that era, but they're not... I think for me, I found it difficult because this is one of the few examples I can think of where it really feels like quite viciously women hating women. Yes, And yeah. that is not really... As, as a female writer, even if it's of a time, you can still write about like what it's like to be a woman at that time or you know exhibit some of the ways that people think about each other but I think it is quite a strange choice to pit women so aggressively against each other in a story in this story when you have you have all the power she's she's got all the power here Josephine Tay to choose what story she tells yeah no I I agree and I suppose I don't know maybe we're supposed to take something away from the fact that Marion Sharp is atypical in that she does refuse to marry Robert Mm. towards the end. She doesn't want to be crocheting with someone else, which is her example. But, yeah, that didn't feel enough. I mean, everyone was deeply unlikable. (laughs) Apart apart from perhaps Miss Tuff. So Miss Tuff has a tiny bit part. She works in the uh, law firm and... The main thing we find out about her is that in Miss Tuff's home, no meal was ever sh- put straight onto a tray. No, she likes it on she likes a napkin. It, or something. Yes, you have to have a tray cloth, whatever that is, <laughs> or a doily must intervene. So Miss Tuff had looked askance at the bare tray. Oh. I like the sort of random reference to the fact that when Betty Kane was kidnapped, she describes what happened her she said one of the things that happens is she gets taken into the kitchen 
and uh, one of the women cuts her sandwiches, but sandwiches without tops. Schmorgsaboard. <laughs> Schmorgsaboard. Just seems an odd detail. It is an odd from, detail. From what must, you know, this... Although, is that her? Is that a clue? Because ultimately a smorgasbord is what they eat in Copenhagen. <gasps> is that a foreshadowed Ooh. clue? I think it might I be. I think it might be. Yeah, that, that was on her mind That's when she was fabricating. Mind. Yeah, Open sandwiches, because she knows how to talk about open sandwiches from yeah. her time in Copenhagen. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I did like Mrs. Sharp. So she she's the mother, mm. and she does have some great lines. So at one point <laughs> she says, she merely said in her dry voice, you should not be sitting in that chair. You are much too heavy for it. <laughs> And she has this long conversation about, like, how to kill fleas. The best way to kill fleas. So she says that she re- she's reduced to pouring weed killer on weeds, a legitimate form of sadism on par with drowning fleas. And then she asks Robert, you know, how do you, do you drown your fleas? And they get into this whole conversation about, like, how you can kill fleas with some soap. <laughs> And it doesn't become... There's no relevance. It's just, <laughs> it's just thrown in. She's sort of like the comedy bit part, but I would say slightly bigger than a bit part. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask, because one of the things about Betty Kane, the girl, is that she has a photographic memory. She does. Have you ever met anyone with a photographic memory? I have. I it's have. quite irritating. It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. <laughs> it was someone I knew at uni, and it meant he never had to revise, and it really annoyed me. Yeah. It really annoyed me because we were obviously studying hard and he would be like doing cartwheels in the library. It's like a superpower. Oh, it's such a superpower. Really? I wish useful. I had it. I wish one of us had it. Great for crime solving. Yeah, I don't. I absolutely don't have photographs oh, in memory. Not. Just on a little side, it's completely unrelated. Oh. But I did like the reference to uh, Woolworths. <laughs> Bit of a throwback. Did you go to yeah. Woolworths as a kid or were you too young? Too young. <laughs> four, four years younger than you? Uh, yes. Or 34? No, I'm 35. Oh, okay, five years. Five. So that, yeah, that's not, that's not my old <laughs> Yes, I, of course, went to Big fan of the penny sweets. Pick and mix, pick and yeah. Mix, of course, it's all about pick and mix. It's all about the trowel, the trowel, not the troll. The trowel. my voice, like my language. The trowel. The trowel. Uh, and getting as much in, packed into the bag as pos without my mum saying, that's too much money. We did a lot of Woolworths pick a mix before the cinema, so we'd have to pay for the expensive cinema pick a mix. Yeah, great move, top move. Yeah, bit of early financial education there. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I've just found an example of like one of the weird things that gets thrown in here about women. So there's this whole thing about women who live lonely lives do insane things. And then there's this story that they give, which is about an elderly woman who kept her sister chained up to a bed in a room no bigger than a cupboard and then kept her like that for three years and fed her on crusts and potato skins. But that's like the idea of what... If a woman lives on her own, that's probably, that's probably what, what she's, she's doing. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what she's, she's doing. probably got a fugitive in the basement. Yeah. I did think, because because I was so expecting there to be a murder. a murder, I also found that in those last pages, I was half expecting, because you know at the end, Marion writes uh, Robert a letter? Yes. And I was yeah. half expecting that to be admitting that they actually did do it. Yeah, that would have been, been great, actually. That would have been, been great, yeah. I don't know how it would have worked, because I don't know how they would have convinced the girl that she was lying but or that she'd made it up but 
I think that would have been a fantastic ending. <gasps> that would have been quite the twist. And I actually, at points, thought... Maybe they did do it. Thought maybe Same. they did do it, because they did have quite a sadistic streak in They them. did, yeah. They had a, quite like a, a, a violent element. I think I would have preferred if they had done it. Yeah, me too. Which is a bit, bit grim, but... I have to say that... The men were so easily duped. Oh. So easily duped. So, <laughs> so one one man who I think is, he must be, he's a waiter. And <laughs> he didn't recognise Betty Kane because she was wearing a hat. <laughs> and then as soon as they're like, oh, could she be wearing a hat? He's like, oh, yeah, that is her. She goes, oh, yes, of course. That's a girl in, in the green hat. <laughs> and then more troublingly... There's this point about, here we are, <laughs> this, this is another man who's talking here saying, you have no idea the difference sweeping up hairdressing <laughs> makes to a woman. The first time I saw my wife with one, I didn't recognise her. It made her so different, if you want to know, that I felt quite shy with her and we've been married 20 years. <laughs> She's just got her hair put up. That's all it. All the time, he in his t- in the time they've been together, not once. I find that unreal. The men, they are they are all very flimsy, aren't they? Absolutely useless. Although, <laughs> shout out for Mr. Lang. So Mr. Lang comes from Copenhagen because he realizes that the woman who's been staying in his <laughs> hotel is Betty Kane. So he gets yeah. sort of brought back, and as he's part of the denouement at the end. And there's quite a lot of banter because English is his second I can, language. I can see he once got his dressing gown <laughs> yeah, he's, go. he's ready. He's ready to go in the tub. <laughs> but at one point, Mr. Lang goes, very, goes, very sure indeed I am. <laughs> Which felt like he was sort of like Yoda. <laughs> very sure, sure I am. indeed I am. <laughs> also, he is quite, he great he's quite sassy with the... Uh, with the person who's do- doing the interview, he's quite sassily like, well, I've been in Copenhagen, what do you want from me? Yeah. Which I, which I do like. Yeah. It felt like she was writing it from a place of feeling disappointed and angry mm. at the world mm. and at people's views about one another. Yeah. It, I, uh, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Which... You know, fair play. If that's why you want to get out your anger and frustration through your writing, it doesn't make for a very jovial yeah. murder mystery. And that's what we want. We, yeah. want. we want light-hearted golden age crime. It felt very glass half empty. Didn't it did it? a bit. Yeah. yeah. I did, I felt quite disheartened by it. Yeah. But I did like her style, so I I think I would read another one of hers because I've read one of hers before. If this was the first one I'd read, I wouldn't read another one. Mm. But I think because we've read another of hers before and liked it. It makes me think maybe this shoe was just in a bad mood. <laughs> well, yeah. Would you read another one of hers? Well, well you've the, already read Daughter of, Daughter in Time, which I would recommend. Okay. I mean, that's why I asked about when it was written, and you saying 1948. Mm. Difficult time, 1948, Difficult because you've still got rationing, you've still got the yes, World War Two has mixed up the classes, mm. but I think still quite a lot of division and. Yeah, true. We shouldn't yeah. judge her too harshly. Yeah. Although, top tip oh, yeah, for on. our sleeping, a tobacconist and newsagent knows everything. Oh. Well, they are featured 
on the board of 221B Baker Street. And they are often <gasps> good spots for clues. That's so true. I hadn't thought of that. All of the spots on 221B Baker Street should come together to create the ultimate uh, arsenal of information <laughs> for a crime. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> the pub, the park. The docks. Big spots. Yeah, the docks. Yeah, I love it down there. <laughs> Makes me think of um, Les Mis. Lovely ladies. I just Lovely said ladies. ladies. Yeah. Come along and join us. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say? Um, what do you think? Anything else I want to say? We've been a bit down on it. We have, but I you know, right, that's just the right. that's the nature of it, isn't it? It is just the they nature can't all of it. be all be winners. I did like the fact that there was, appeared to be a sort of uh, a top dog Scotland Yard man, and then a local Scotland Yard man, <laughs> which confused me a little. And they weren't, I would say, particularly involved either. They were, they seemed quite hands off. The p- police are barely terrible, in it. isn't it? Yeah, they they feel very hard done by having to do anything. Yeah. I suppose there was quite a lot in it about how the police had no funding. Yeah, true. Which another comment from Josephine. Yeah. JT, Justin Timberlake, Josephine <laughs> Tay. <laughs> I actually really dislike Justin Timberlake, so you shouldn't get a shout out on this podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming towards scoring. Yeah, also, let's I think, score. I think we're also led by the fact that we want to get in the hot tub. We want to get in the hot tub, so yeah, come on, let's crack on. Right, so, on three? On three. Yeah, okay. I'm torn. Oh, you've got one hand ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be, I think, one hand for me, yeah. yeah. Uh, on three. One, two, three. So five. So five right, for four. Me. Oh, you haven't got a little blue book. What are you going to do? Right on my phone. Don't okay. you worry. Don't you worry. Phew. Phew. Okay. Would I say four? Is four. That, yeah, no. Stand by. <laughs> stand by. It's all about um, the gut feeling. Um, what's the date today? The 5th of April. 5th of April. How do we get here? Time flies, eh? Really just. 5th of April, in the privy. I like that my initials are MB. That's amazing. Isn't nice, isn't it? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Mystery <laughs> business. And you don't have a middle name, do you? Do not. No. If I, I used to be quite sad about it. Did you think about what you'd like to have as your middle name? Oh, I, it was a it was a constant topic of discussion during my childhood. Uh, I um, thought we had maybe we've chatted about this before, but I can't remember what the candidate. I never were really at all. got. I never really got to the point Strong of having had uh, a good answer. But my friends, my uni friends, oh, decided yes. it would be Fadlin. Fadlin. Madeline. Madeline Berry. Silly. Silly. So silly. silly. Right, one liner. This really makes me think of and uh, Cece yeah. went to school with a boy who changed his name so that his middle names were sliced bread. <laughs> so his name was Andrew Sliced Bread Wilson. Andrew Sliced Bread Wilson, if you're listening, you've got a shout out there. But, <laughs> but then that doesn't make any sense because lots of people, lots of people say like this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I know, yeah. But then, like, if it's your middle name, <laughs> yeah. no one's calling you that anyway. No, I know, it's strange, <laughs> isn't it? What would you have as your middle name if you could? Well, I've got a middle name. I know, but if you could change it. I, well, okay, so my middle name's Louise, which mm. I do like. Okay. I don't know. I think it's hard when you mm. have a middle name to then think about, okay, well, what? Once I got a text from middle my friend name. Connor and he said, do you think I should... <laughs> 
think I should name my firstborn son Agamemnon. <laughs> no, absolutely well, not. I heavily encourage For it. many, many reasons. <laughs> no, no, it will happen. Of all the classical names you could pick, don't pick, pick Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Or Achilles. No Hector. If you want to do sort of, you know, a good character. Okay, anywho, we, anyway, we digress. digress. Right. One-liner. One-liner. Um... <laughs> we could put mixed in there if you want. Why do you have these odd hooks? Oh, because the former owner, she used to do stained glass right, stuff in odd here. angles, aren't they? Yeah, no, I need to decorate the privy. That's coming. Yeah. Sorry, so you said mixed. Mixed. Mixed bag. <laughs> mixed. <laughs> a mixed bag. Oh, oh, could we use the word smorgasbord? A mixed smorgasbord. Yeah. How do I spell that? Oh. S-M-O-R-G-A-S-B-O-R-D? Smorgasbord, yeah. Mixed smorgasbord. Just that. Leave it there. Of mystery. Of mystery. But no murder. But no murder. You had, you did an official on-air apology for a separation. Maybe that's what I should do, because technically, no murder here. No, but it was much more of the genre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, separation was completely missold. Yeah, if you want to find out more about separation, <laughs> <laughs> that's season one, episode, episode four. four. I mean, actually, the episode itself is quite fun, because it is just us laughing about this ridiculous book that we didn't enjoy. Um, it's okay, mixed smorgasbord of mystery but no murder, exclamation mark, I never put one of them in. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> that is all. That is all. Okay. Queens of Crime. Other business. Any other business? Queens of Crime. Oh, I've got nothing for Queens of Crime because I've got nothing. We're, we're busy. We're busy people. Because <laughs> we're busy people. Get a grip, guys. But do you know what? Out. It's because I've I've not been well. But I'm going to come back next episode with some excellent Queens of Crime. Are you? Yeah. Do you have anything in mind? Or no, are you just but I'm going to promise oh, big and then deliver. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are you doing? You're looking at something. Well, I was going to look up the the name of oh, my next mystery. Okay, yeah, sorry, I'll pause. Rather than looking over your shoulder like a creepy hawk. <laughs> oh, do you want to do a really quick Hercule Poirot on Hercule? What's going on with Hercule? Oh, yeah, um, I sent you that picture, didn't I? God, it was, it was an action shot, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that cat like? That was Marisco. <gasps> Marisco's back. back. So, Marisco, <laughs> as you, I'm sure, remember, listeners, is... Formerly known as Invader Cat. Invader Cat, our local rival. And by yeah. our, I mean Hercules' local rival. Yeah. So what's going on at the moment with Marisco? Well, I was, I was uh, in bed the other day. In fact, I was reading this book, this week's book. Nice. Uh, some, a bit of Sunday morning chilled out vibes. Mm-hmm. We're currently hosting an endless tranche of people in our flat. And I just <laughs> needed some quiet. Um, so I was in bed reading and Hercule <laughs> went to the window, which is his, uh, his, his exit point. And he sort of hunched down and like wiggled his bum, which often means like I'm after a bird. So I thought oh, I'm gonna no. check out what's going on out yeah. the window, see what there is. And um, as it turned out, it was no bird. It was Marisco. And then as soon as I and he was at the back of the garden watching Herx. And as soon as I spotted him, I realised that Hercule's tail had doubled in size, and he was like growling quietly. Uh, but then as Draw. soon as I looked at Marisco, he ran past. He sort of. 
he ran but weirdly towards us uh, so that he could then get out uh, and her few hours so after that was quite needy quite clingy he wanted reaffirming I'm not surprised. He's, he's had a run-in with his nemesis. Yeah, and I do actually think, despite everything on the internet and my mum saying cats don't have multiple engagements with each other, multiple conflicts... Oh, I remember you saying that. This is literally a constant a constant source of stress for him. On the plus side... Have they ever actually fought one yes, another? Yes, they have. Once, and we had to take him to the vets because he had a big scar, uh, yeah. big battle wound, if you will. So yeah, I think uh, he's he's not enjoying that. On the plus side for Hercule, he's had a real run of obviously, as I said, we've had a run of hosting, and he loves guests. He loves guests. He loves oh, guests. That's so good, if anyone sleeps on the sofa, he's genuinely thrilled. He loves the interaction with strangers. So um, <laughs> I'm just getting in the hot tub. <laughs> so that sort of implies we've got a sort of view of some like male stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting in the hot tub. We can see. Um, so he loves, he, he's very much enjoying the extra attention that the guests bring. Which incidentally is the opposite to his namesake. Because Hercule so Poirot true. absolutely hates guests, doesn't yeah, he? Or so anyone true. like messing with his routine. Yeah, he loves a guest. Anytime there's a guest, he's thrilled by it. He's, we've never had a guest he didn't like. Ever. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it, on sure future is. guests? Sure is. Yeah. If Hercule takes against them, that's probably a sign. I know. And while we were away, we had lovely Elena look after him, and she always feeds him wet food. So we got back, and he was chubby and happy. So I think he's <laughs> he's actually fine. Uh, that's what we like to hear. Hercule, despite challenges with Marasco, yeah. is overall having a great time. Overcoming adversity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tub is beckoning, it so sure should we do is. a sign off? Oh, yeah, sign off. <laughs> clear, let's clear our throats. Clear our throats. Well, thank you for joining me, us here. Yeah, as always. So, we've been talking about The Franchise Affair by Josephine Tay. Yes, we have. Next time, oh, yeah, very nice segue. We will be reading or discussing because we will have read it beforehand. High Rise Mystery by Shana Jackson, mm-hmm. which should be available from all independent bookshops. Should be. Who's to say if it will be? <laughs> Thank you for having me in the privy. And oh, we didn't even say Welcome. that's what we were, but we are. Oh no, I think we might briefly mention it. We've oh. been in the privy. Thank you for that, and also for the fizz and for the lovely dinner. You're welcome. You're welcome. And listeners, if you want to get some more fun mystery smorgasbord <laughs> <laughs> then we're on instagram at missing salmon case you can also send us an email missing salmon case at gmail.com we also appreciate a rating especially if you're listening on spotify yes if, if you want to give us a little rating a review i believe is now available on all podcast platforms <laughs> please do that and if you do maybe we'll send you a little you know a little treat little who can you. say give it a go <laughs> find out what to say yeah. <laughs> our next podcast episode will be out on the 25th 25th of april will be our next episode uh so in the meantime keep, keep sleeping this Great. podcast was <laughs> created produced and, and- 
edited by Maddie Berry and Hannah Knight. I've <laughs> <laughs> done that before. Yeah. Uh, music was sourced by Melody Loops and composed, composed by, by Jeff, Jeff Harvey. Harvey, our friend Jeff. <laughs>